Welcome to episode 73 of the Ask Achieve show where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today we'll be discussing whether eating every two to four hours is overrated, bench pressing on the Smith machine, how many exercises you should include in your workout, and if you can just eat well to make a significant change in your health. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. What is up, Cheevers? It is episode 74, and we got back from a nice weekend at the Cape. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was was really nice, yeah. Um, The last weekend before Labor Day weekend, so it was pretty pretty busy out there, but it was just, um, it was really nice, especially after like, I think we had a two-week period of just like mugginess, torrential downpours of rain, and it was just sunshine and butterflies and rainbows. (laughs) No rainbows, because there was no rain. (laughs) Uh, we went to the beach, um, yeah. And we saw, we also, in between time spent at the Cape, we went to see our triathlon team. Oh yeah, so, so I forgot about that little that detail. Was, that was the big, big thing actually. Yeah, the big thing. This weekend, but they, we had about 10 people from Achieve do a triathlon all together and our coach, the head coach Sarah was their, their fearless leader. Yep. She was the leader of the group and they all did awesome. Yeah, it was so cool. Well. It was really fun to watch. A lot of them like kind of stayed together or like were ended up being around the same time. So they were transitioning at the same time and running together. It was just like really fun, really fun group. And yeah, the triathlon is always pretty cool because I think people can really see like it's it's tough to see sometimes in the gym whether or not like it's making an impact like on your strength and your health and fitness and all that. But then suddenly once you get out of the gym and you apply it to something else that's not necessarily an exercise in the gym, it's like, oh, I can see this actually becoming um, more of a functional thing than just becoming gym strong or whatever. So I think people get really excited about that. It's also just a super cool accomplishment to go through um, the triathlon, to call yourself a triathlete. Like um, most of the people, whenever they go through the triathlon group, I would say, 75% 75% or even more are it's their first time so yeah. it's always really cool to be part of that experience and just feel like all the positive energy and just all the sense of accomplishment and so we always get super excited to watch and cheer them on yeah, yeah. that was awesome all right well we have four questions today so we mm-hmm. should get right into it so the first one is from Bobby Holt Grew and he said how important is eating every two to four hours is it overrated Good question. <laughs> um, so this was definitely something that used to be like pushed hard, especially Very prevalent. in the fitness industry, like um, especially like in the bodybuilding world. It was like eat every two to four hours, or your body, your metabolism will slow down, and you'll go into like a catabolic is a catabolic, <laughs> yeah, catabolic state, <laughs> and yeah, like it was just it was really intensely pushed that if you didn't eat every two to four hours, you would lose all your muscle, you would gain fat, um, and your metabolism would slow down. Since then, I mean, I don't really know like when when the research, big research studies happened, but yeah. basically there's been a lot of research done that now says that the timing of your meals isn't really that significant in terms of your overall body composition um, and overall health, and that it's more about the quality of the food that you get and the overall calories that you get in in a day. Um, the spacing out of your meals doesn't really matter that much. Your metabolism does not actually slow down in the time like whether you eat every two hours or every six hours, yeah. it's not really going to have that big of an impact. What does have a big impact on your metabolism is how much muscle mass you have and you know how many 
like how active you are throughout the day, right. different things like that, how much sleep you get, how much stress you have in your life. Those things actually have an effect, but the timing between your meals actually doesn't really have that big of an effect. Yeah, people equated um, basically saying that every time you ate, you would st- you would stoke the fire and increase <laughs> your metabolism that way. And what um, you know, a big research study pointed out was that they took two people, let's say person A and person B, and they ingested the same amount of calories. I think it was around 3,000 or something. Person A distributed those 3,000 calories among six meals. And person B uh, consumed those calories in three meals. And what they found was that the person that ate six meals, they were smaller meals. And so they had smaller spikes in metabolism. Whereas person B, they ate three meals and they had three larger spikes in metabolism. And it all equated to be the same way. And this is why everything just is dependent on the person. Like you need to figure out if intermittent fasting works better for you or if, you, or if six meals a day, like, like we're not saying it's bad. We're just not, not saying that it's better either. It's only better if you feel like it's appropriate for your lifestyle. And so, yeah, there's just so much misplaced information out there like we always talk about and we always want to make sure that we bring it back to what works for that person in that situation yeah so definitely it's like the question was is it how important is it it's not that important that doesn't mean that it's not unimportant yeah it doesn't mean it's not a strategy that might work for you yeah so it's it's not to say it's bad it's just to say that it isn't the only way to space out your meals to be successful. So definitely what I always recommend when I work with people um, in a nutrition consultation is to just try to do whatever you haven't been doing. Yeah. Because obviously sometimes if, if you're seeking out something different, it's because you don't feel like what you're doing is working. It's not giving you the results that you're, you want to see or you don't feel great doing the doing it the way you're doing. For me, I was always doing eating every two to four hours um, yeah. because I had had that in my head for so long and that's what I thought worked for me. And when I finally was like, I just am still not like seeing any difference and no matter how I changed what I'm eating, everything like that, I was just felt like, I wasn't seeing the changes that I wanted to see, so I decided I was going to try to go to three meals a day yeah. and not eat snacks in between and not have small meals. And that ended up actually, what ended up happening was I was eating every two to four hours, but the portions I was eating were, were too big in each meal, Yeah. right? And so I didn't really have a great way of controlling my calories when I would, was eating those smaller meals. I, was, I felt hungry, so mm-hmm. I would eat more. Um, when I went down to three meals, I got full faster than I could overeat pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, So three meals ended up working a lot better for me. It ended up just being kind of like a calorie control method for me Yeah. um, that ended up really working. So, but then on the flip side, other people might have a completely different approach. They might feel like they're always hungry. And so by the, if they space out their meals so much, by the time they get to one of their big meals, they way overeat Mm -hmm. because they're so hungry. And instead they could have had two smaller meals and felt much better. So it just depends on the person. It really is worth experimenting with all of the different ways of timing your meals and figuring out what works best for you. Yeah. The really big thing to note is that we encourage experimenting, but when you are experimenting and you realize that something isn't quite for you, it's not because you failed, it's because you just, it was a learning experience. You just figured out that it wasn't the right right fit for you. Right. And that's that's still a positive, even though it didn't work from a body composition standpoint, you just jump on the next thing and you'll figure out which one you can modify to fit your lifestyle. 
Yeah, because really we could just say, try this diet, try this diet. But when you call it a diet, it feels like something that you either are successful at or you fail at. Right, yeah. We're just saying, try this experiment. It's just, it's essentially the same thing. Yeah, definitely. Right? But when you look at it as an experiment rather than a diet or mm -hmm. rather than a regimen, then you actually give yourself the freedom to just say, like, this experiment wasn't, the outcome wasn't what I had hoped it was going yeah. to be. So I'll move on and do something different. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right, number two is from C Chang 5 and she said, is bench press on the Smith machine okay? It's more comfy for my shoulder impingement. Uh, really good question. Um, probably when I had first started personal training, I would say definitely don't use a Smith machine <laughs> ever. Like the only good use for a Smith machine is to hang your coat on. Like, <laughs> um, and since then, I've uh, I've gone uh, matured well, a little bit. Yeah, I've uh, matured. Um, but basically, if it is causing you less pain than the traditional version, it is definitely a worthwhile endeavor to go upon. Um, so we would highly recommend. Yeah, if if it's feeling better for your shoulders, then definitely go with that uh, piece of machinery. Um, I would say to make sure to balance it out because the Smith machine is such a fixed thing. You want to make sure that you also balance it out with uh, maybe, let's say, a dumbbell bench press or a push-up variation, um, something that isn't quite as like rigidly fixed to a machine. Um, but beyond that, like you're working a pressing pattern and you're involving um, multiple muscle groups at once as a compound exercise. Like, you know, don't let anyone tell you that it's a bad thing just because it is attached to a machine. Yeah, I would say the only thing is to not do it um, solely because of. Or, no, sorry, I'm going to retrace my steps mm -hmm. for a second. She said that basically it feels better on her shoulder impingement. Mm -hmm. It's fine to do it, like, because of that, but also make sure that you're trying to do something to work on your shoulder impingement. Yeah. That's what yeah, I... Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so either seek out a, a physical therapist or, you know, learn some exercises that are going to... Or stretches that are going to help with whatever is going on with your shoulder. But if you have shoulder impingement, that's not something that you just want to work around. It's something yeah. that you want to work on and then work around it while you're working on it. Yes. If that makes sense. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. I think people go into like two camps. One, they just completely take things away and then all of a sudden they're like left with nothing. Yeah. Or they, um, uh, I forget, I totally forget where I was going to go with this. Well, there's three, I think there's three camps. Okay. There's, okay, that's, there's that one. Yeah. There's the one where, so that one's the one like you're like, I'm injured, so I'm just going to take everything out mm -hmm. that involves my upper body whatsoever. Oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. other one would be like, I'm injured, but so I'm going to work around this injury, but still do like different exercises, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm just going to avoid the injury. Yeah. And the third one would be the combination of the two, which mm -hmm. is to work on the, on like repairing the injury and to simultaneously work around the injury so that you're still getting some stimulus in your upper body or wherever mm -hmm. that injury is, but you're also working on healing that injury. Yeah. So we would say to go with that option. Yeah. So to be, <laughs> be proactive and reactive all at the same time. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. All right. Question number three. This one comes from Indigenous Rebel. And he said, my question is basically how many on average movements make up a good workout? I ask because I do upper lower body splits at four days a week. And an, and an experienced fitness professional, maybe, mm -hmm. asked how many movements in my workouts I usually do. I told them around five to seven movements, and he basically said, I'm doing half of what I should be doing. I mainly use compound dumbbell movements, so I thought I was doing a good workout, but now I'm not sure. I'm doing half of what I should be doing. Any help? By the way, I love your Instagram. <laughs> this, is, um, this is really difficult. Yeah. Like, 
you know, I know that fitness professional is trying to help out in the best way that they can, but unless the fitness professional is asking you a million different questions to figure out what you've been doing, what your goal is, what uh, what uh, you like, what you don't like, like what your lifestyle is like, how big of a priority health and fitness is. Like you need to ask all these questions before you just say you need to double the amount you're doing. Like that's it's such a blanket statement. It's such a blanket statement. And then it leaves the person who has probably been doing a really good job being consistent and focusing on their health and fitness to suddenly be like, am I just doing like, 50% of what I should be doing and then they get discouraged and then they slowly start to fall off because they're like oh you know I, I don't belong to this I, I, I'm not meant to do this basically and this like whole series of events happens so really the fitness professional even though they technically know more you need to find out the context of each person before you just dish out advice um, you know for us I would say that you know we actually program anywhere from six to ten exercises or so um, for most people. Um, as a general rule of thumb, we generally stick with three supersets of two exercises. Mm -hmm. And that really works out for a lot of people. Um, and we usually have like a power development exercise in the beginning and a finisher at the end. Yeah. Um, and that really, that works out well for most people. If some people feel like they need more, they need like, um, you know, more of a, of a stimulus to feel tired and like all that sort of stuff, then maybe we can add some more exercises in. Or for the most part, we like to add in more sets than necessarily exercises. Yeah. We'd rather not have like 25 different exercises that we do one to two times. We'd rather have you get really good at a certain allotment of exercises and have more sets and more time under tension with each one of those than just randomly adding exercises just because someone said so. Yeah. I mean, this, this question really upset me. Not the question, yeah. but like the context, just because I felt like it was so, it was, it was really like... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Mm. Not damaging. Well, I mean, sort of, but like, oh my gosh. Not, brain. not helpful. Pregnancy <laughs> brain. There's a word, there's a word that perfectly explains what this person was being like, but I can't think of it. Um, but basically they were, they were making this person feel bad about what they were doing and maybe in order to make them seek out more advice from them or show them Maybe, that they yeah. knew more or whatever it was. But it's so hurtful because now this person is thinking like questioning basically whether what they were doing is even close to enough. Yeah. And we take the complete opposite approach, which is basically tell like congratulate people on what they're doing, like make them feel like they are being successful because if you're going to the gym at all, that's a, that's a win. Yes. Like if yep. you get there once a week, that's a win. And then if you want, if you come up to us and say, Hey, I want to try to do two days a week now, we'll help you figure out what the most effective way to use those two days a week will be. Yeah. Um, and then if somebody comes up and they say, Hey, I, I'm looking for a five day a week program. Um, I, I have a lot of time for the gym. I really know that I want, I can make this a priority. We'll help you make a five day a week program. But we would never go up to someone and say, how many days do you work out? One? Oh, that's not enough. You shouldn't even <laughs> bother. Like what? What kind of yeah. that's so damaging to that person, and then they're they're just gonna give up. So as a fitness professional, you really really need to, like Jason said, ask a lot of questions, get a lot of context before you give out any advice. People are so quick to give advice and expertise before actually getting to know the situation. Yeah, and you know here's a here's another take at it. So let's say um, you know most likely the person that dished out the advice was a bodybuilder because they can fit in a lot of those sorts of exercises because the relative intensity of each exercise 
isn't that high. So you can fit in a lot of exercises. So if you're doing bicep curls, tricep extensions, uh, uh, shoulder raises, lateral raises, um, close grip push-ups, like all these things relatively aren't that intense. So you can fit in more exercises. Without getting like super taxed. Yeah. yeah. If you're talking to a power lifter, they'll say, do squats five by five, get a couple assistance exercises in, and then you're good. Because those squats, you're going to assume, are going to be relatively um, heavy and a higher intensity than a bodybuilding exercise. You know, we, we just had uh, Danny Camargo, who is a um, Team USA Olympic lifting coach, and he was talking about one of his top athletes who was a, an Olympic hopeful, uh, Maddie Rogers. And he was like, yeah, when she's really into her training zone, she does two exercises, maybe three at most. But she's doing a lot of sets within those exercises. But she's tested on snatch and clean and jerk. So we're going to spend 80 to 90% of the time on snatch and clean and jerk. And are going to say that an Olympic hopeful needs to do quadruple the amount of exercises. <laughs> so, you know, it's, yeah, it's just understanding where people are coming from and get in context <laughs> yeah yeah so we would say that you're doing a great job mm -hmm. at five to seven movements and doing four four day a week upper body lower body split i mean that's great i mean that's pretty pretty damn good that's and awesome. if you feel like you are ever in a position where maybe your progress is stalling or maybe um you know things aren't going um in the trend that you wanted to you know then maybe you can address some things maybe you can add a couple sets here and there or change up tempo or change up like sort of like some of the variables um but you only need to cross that bridge when you get there you always want to think about what's the minimum that i need to do to make the maximum amount of effect yeah yeah great cool. all right and then final question this one is from marcel underscore inbro and he said can i just keep on eating well uh, in parentheses, four groups and notice a significant increase of my health. So basically, assuming with the four groups, like he means just like main, main food groups. I think main food groups or maybe macros or something like that. I'm not exactly Protein, sure. Protein, carbs, fats, and what's four? Well, I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> vegetables, maybe some people like separate vegetables and carbs yeah. because vegetables are kind of like, it's almost like they're their own food group, even though yeah. they're technically carbs. But anyway... So basically asking, is it enough to just eat well and like be, have a balanced diet? You know, I think if, uh, you know, if you're eating like McDonald's all the time or Burger King, like I think it can make a pretty significant impact on your health if you eat well. You know, for us, what we try to tell our members is that there are four major categories in terms of improving one's health. Um, and those four categories are number one is mindset. Number two is nutrition. Number three is movement. And number four is recovery. And we call this, when we utilize all four of those elements and we put them together into one comprehensive program, we call that the unify approach. You can't just eat really well, but neglect. You neglect your sleep. You neglect your stress management. You have a negative um, you know, mindset um, and expect really great results. Like you, you have to have some combination of all four of these to really... Um, unlock the greatest health and fitness change that you can really make. Yeah, I I now understand the question now that you said that. Okay. I thought it, I thought it was just like a nutrition only question, uh -huh. and so I was confused. But now I get it. Like basically saying, can I just focus on nutrition and have that be like what is what helps my health? Oh, oh. is that what the question is? I I, I think that's I what think it so. Is. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> and now I now I understand a little bit better what we're what we're going with. And I would totally agree with what you said. Like it's. We wouldn't say that just working out is enough, mm -hmm. and we wouldn't say that just stress management is enough. Like mm -hmm. it does, it is all very comprehensive, and your health 
there's so many aspects of your health. And so nutrition might help with certain aspects that um, you can't get from exercise, but exercise is going to help with certain aspects that you can't get from nutrition. Yeah. And they are all going to very much play off of each other and contribute to this overall healthy lifestyle. So yeah, yeah. definitely can't have one without the other. And I think uh, two of the, I mean, the, the two big categories are movement and we lump in like strength training and whatever, um, you know, exercise modality yeah, that you want to get into under the movement category. And then nutrition involves obviously all the, all the stuff that we always talk about in terms of nutrition. The two neglected categories are mindset and recovery. Um, in terms of recovery, we're looking at how well people are sleeping, um, how well they're managing their stress like we were talking about, how hydrated they are, just all the little variables that make up how basically, um, you know, energetic and just like feel good, feel good on a daily basis. You know, a lot of people come to us and they're feeling lethargic and sluggish and low energy. And we take a look at those, that category in particular to make sure that we can bring things up there because that newfound energy is going to really fuel the rest of their, um, the other categories like the movement category and the fuel category and stuff like that. And the other category that's a little bit neglected is the mindset category. And if people are in a standpoint where they are constantly doubting themselves, constantly um, feeling like they don't belong, constantly getting into negative thought spirals, they are subconsciously really sabotaging themselves, right? And they get into a point where that's going to trickle down into the way you approach your strength training. That's going to trickle down the way you approach your eating habits. It, things are going to be a lot more volatile because you're not um, in the right mindset to um, be highly adaptable, which is what having a really good, successful health and fitness journey really requires, right? Because yeah. yeah. we're not just machines where we just plug in, okay, I'm going to exercise one hour, eat this many cal calories, um, sleep this amount, and then have everything that we want to have happen happen because life just throws a lot of stuff at you and you have to be so moldable and adaptable to make sure that you can combat all that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, the last thing I would say is that the reason that this might be a question in the first place is because you hear so many, um, there's like so many memes about it and like so many people, trainers are like, you can't out train a bad diet and like oh, diet yeah. is 80% and and um, exercise is 20%. Mm -hmm. And when they're talking about that, they're literally only talking about body composition. Um, and I think that's important to note. He asked about health and health is different from body composition. Yeah, um, and true. so when you're talking about getting lean or losing body fat, um, nutrition is going to be one of the biggest factors of those There maybe will take a slightly pr higher priority. But when you're just talking about overall health, they're, they all do need to be equal. Yeah. Um, but that may be where that um, idea might have come from or where people, have, people I'm sure have heard like, oh, it's all nutrition. And like, yeah, you can't out train a bad diet. That's like the biggest, the biggest one that you always hear. Yeah. And it's like, well, okay, fair. But like in terms, that's only in terms of one goal. Mm -hmm. That's only taking one goal into account, which is that somebody wants to get leaner, but that's not everybody's goal. Some people's goal is just overall health. If that's the case, we, we like to see a balance. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good uh, clarifying point. Yes. Perfect. All right. Well, I believe those are all the answers that we have to your burning questions for today. Thank you so much for submitting them. And if you have questions of your own, you can send them to us at Achieve Fitness Boston on Instagram. If you wouldn't mind going into iTunes and leaving us a review, we'd be super, super grateful. And until next time, peace, love, and, and muscles. muscles.